The Money Show. Small business. Small business feature brought to you by Old Mutual. Visit oldmutual.co.za. Old Mutual do great things every day. Pablo Fatidis, building a business backwards. Now, Pablo, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to build a business <laughs> forwards, and that's hard enough. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Why it, 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 does building it backwards make it easier? Because if that's the case, I'm in. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, Bruce, this, uh, during the course of today, I met with this business owner and I was sharing a story with them about another business owner that, I, that we've done some work with that just sold his company for $120 million. It's a big number, right? Yep, it's huge. What would you do with this? Um, I, 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 don't, don't do this to me. I ask the questions. <laughs> so what was the response I got? And it was very annoying and disappointing, but... And, and, and completely expected. He says, well, oh, he's a really, really lucky person. And Bruce, it's got very, very little to do with luck. Now, sure, there are some factors where luck plays in. And, you know, Warren Buffett um, said there were three things that really he, he, he couldn't have controlled that have placed him in a very lucky outcome. One of them was that he mentioned uh, was that he was born in the United States, which has a big market, it's entrepreneurial, entrepreneurially orientated, the vibrant economy. So, yes, where you are matters. You know, uh, different countries have different economies. The time and period of life matters. Um, certainly, it was easier to raise, for example, venture capital and to make money out of venture capital 15 years ago uh, than it is today, and so on and so forth. But largely, it has very little to do with luck. Because if you build your business backwards, it means that you designed what the business today to give an outcome that you've identified for that future. Pablo, I'm going to ask our producers to give you a call on the phone. Because it does sound, and we had this problem about a month or two ago, and I did ask somebody who works with you whether you've been punched in the mouth uh, because you've been lisping. And I, I was told it was a microphone setting. So um, I'm asking my producers to get you on the phone rather because it's undermining your credibility. Not that anybody with a lisp is under, you know, does lacks credibility, but Pablo is a, is a clear communicator. And so, um, unfortunately, what happens is there's a microphone setting somewhere in the ether of his thing, and it just becomes a bit distracting eventually. And so uh, we've asked the producers to give him a call on the phone and um, to do that because uh, I think it would sound just a little bit better um, because we don't want to be laughing at Pavlo's very serious information. So the producers are frantically now trying to raise Pavlo on the phone. I wonder if he's still got a phone because he's so used to Zoom calls and appearing in person nowadays. Uh, and uh, that's what we're going to be doing this evening is ca- catching up with Pablo Fatidis, building your business backwards. This idea uh, that you can meet a, you can, you can create a business, you can build your business over time. But this idea of doing it backwards is, I think, the important one that Pablo is going to land with us this evening. Pablo Fatidis is the founder and the boss, uh, one of the bosses. He's got a very good business partner in the business. Um, and uh, they have built this business over the last 15, 20 years. And it is a, a it was started off as a business incubator and now helping people accelerate growth within their businesses. This is the goal of what they're seeking to achieve. Uh, Pablo, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, Pablo. What we've got um, as well coming up this evening, um, the switch, like, so it's fine. So, Pablo, are you with us on your, where are you? Are, are you still on Zoom? 
Um, yes, I am, and I've switched mics, so this should be a lot better. It is. You're back to your, your yourself. Okay, excellent. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did sound silly at one point, so I just tried to avoid that. <laughs> so, uh, Pablo, uh, talk to me about this reverse engineering a business then. Well, so this particular business, Bruce, that sold itself uh, very successfully for $120 million, um, there's a backstory here, and the backstory begins about eight years ago. Uh, when I met this particular business owner, I said, look, you know, what are you hoping to achieve at the end of the day? And he said, no, look, I, I want to sell my business one day. And I said, okay, that, that's a very good start. You know, the fact that you're looking to build a business that, yes, will earn you income now and, and towards that end game. But a good setting, a good idea is to think about what the final end game is, and that's going to be a sale. And then I asked him, well, how much do you want, do you think, for the business at that point in time? And he turned around and he said, 100 million, that's my number. And it's a number that gets used a lot. Uh, you know, it's not eight digits, it's nine. It's nice and round. And in many ways, it suggests quite a remarkable achievement. In fact, after years and years and years of investment and risk and sacrifice. So the target was set. And then the plan to act tomorrow had to be built from that future date backwards. And we ran a few numbers. And what we calculated is that five years forward, he would need to have a revenue of 85 million. His profitability would need to be at least around 15%. And he would have to be able to argue and justify a multiple of around eight. So if you take your 85 million, you multiply it by 15%, you times it by eight, you're going to come in and around 100 odd million. How many businesses though, Pablo, are sold on a multiple of eight times? I think in a small business context, if you get two or three times, you're doing well, aren't you? Very much so, very much so. On average, most businesses are lucky to earn a three or four multiple. But the reason for that is that when most people sell their businesses, Bruce, they arrive there at the 11th hour after 10 or 20 or 30 years of successfully generating income and learn that what they have built is a business that's good at generating income, but not a business that is transferable as an asset to the future buyer or a future acquirer. And for that reason, they get punished heavily on the multiple. So the multiple is an indicator that effectively answers five questions. It says, Yes, okay, you're in the furniture business. There are uh, 10,000 furniture businesses out there. And we can see that you've distinguished yourself, that you have um, identified a, a clear set of customers. You've got growth within those customers. Your brand is recognized within those customers. Beyond furniture, you have a brand. And that brand talks to the impressions that the customers you sell to have and hold towards your company. So that's the one factor that would take your, let's call it three multiple to a four multiple. The next question is, how does the whole thing work? And I'm sorry to use this word again and again, every show we do, Bruce, but system. if you have translated all your commercial activities into business systems, in effect, what you're saying is you've got a playbook as to how the business works. Show that, demonstrate that, an additional multiple. Now we're sitting from four to five. The third thing they will ask is, well, okay, without you there, who's going to make it happen? 
And if you can show that you've got a team that's engaged, that's motivated, that has been there for some time, that sees a future, especially with the new acquirer, you have an additional multiple. And then the last two elements that they question is, well, will there be growth in the future? And here's the thing, you know, to argue that there's growth in the future, that's going to show growth at a far higher rate than you've enjoyed in the past, never, never holds water. Because any acquirer of the business says, well, you know, if I'm going to grow the business at a higher rate than you've grown the business in the last two, three years, I'm not going to pay for that. You know, that's, com that's coming from my risk, my investment, from the sweat and bend of my body and back. Um, you need to have shown growth prior to exiting. And then the last and often the toughest question is, okay, Bruce, without you there, what happens to your suppliers? What happens to your team? What happens to your customers? What is your influence in holding it all together and ensuring that the asset I'm buying from you today will be the same asset performing tomorrow once you have left? If you address each of those five levers, you're taking your three multiple to an eight multiple. You're adding an additional point in each and every instance. And that's what I mean by an engineered approach, which requires you to start with the end game saying, I want 100 million rands for my business. Let me calculate my revenue. Let me calculate my profit. And I'm going to peg it at an eight multiple because I will design the business to deliver that eight multiple. It's so important, Pablo, this idea of being able to divorce yourself from the from the, the, the business and the ability for the business to run itself so that when it is sold, the people who are still in the business are an asset to the new owner and, and the new owner doesn't, and, and they're no longer saying, well, what, what, what would Pablo have done? Um, it's a case of actually the, the system runs it. The system runs it. We, we run ourselves. We are, uh, you know, it, it's a, bit, a little bit disheartening for your ego because you built this out of your blood, tears, and sweat. Mm. Uh, let your, you've got the 100 million. You know, you've got the eight times multiple or whatever the case might be. You're home dry. Everyone else in that business actually still requires the business for an income. The new owners want to generate a profit over time. So get your ego out the way. Get the thing systematized and processed um, and ensure that there's an asset of value to sell. See, I listen. Completely. And, and you know, Bruce, there, there's so much research that's been done over the years around why acquisitions fail to yield value for the acquirer. It's estimated around 82% of acquisitions made, and this was conducted in a Harvard study in around 2016, about 82% of acquisitions made fail to yield value for the yeah. buyer. Very often these acquisitions are made by listed companies where there's quite a bit of pressure to demonstrate how your investments are yielding shareholder value all the time. What was interesting in it is they identified four main reasons why these acquisitions fail. The first is a misalignment of customers. You know, you acquire a business, you believe you might be deepening your ability to reach a, a new market that's similar to the market you already serve, um, and often there's a misalignment there. The next is that there are massive issues integrating the team in the acquired business with your team. In other words, getting cultural matches done. The third reason is that the functions of how that business runs and operates um, are profoundly different to the way how your business runs and operates. 
And the final reason, the final reason is that once the owner is no longer there, the culture, the values, the issues that held everything together simply disassemble, fragment and fall away. So understanding that when you're ready to exit a business means you're serving and understanding the needs of a new customer, this thing called a buyer. The problem is that most of us arrive there with maybe three, four, five, six months, because at that point we want to get out, we've made the decision to get out, and yet we have never built the business in such a fashion that it fits neatly with Mm. what that buyer wants. Start with the end in mind and build it backwards. Pavlo Fatidis, our small business focus on a Thursday evening. Building a business backwards, Pavlo Fatidis is the founder at Auric Business Accelerator.